The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show really is about meditation. And now with what's been going on in our entire globe, it's really important that we be mindful and that we have some peace in our lives and, and really be able to handle our emotions. So we're going to be talking about meditation, which is really something that I've been doing for, oh my gosh, I don't want to tell you how many years except to tell you since I'm 19. And now, Lloyd, I'm so excited because you've been meditating now with me, even though we've been together 30 years, you only start meditating with me every morning, which we get up at four and um, we meditate. And so you've been doing that with me now for like six months, and it's really been wonderful that it's changed your life and your demeanor. So I'm excited, and I'm excited that this is something that we can help to promote to really transform this this world. So I've been reading this wonderful book called Is God in That Bottle Cap? A Search for Truth, and it's by John D. Sambolino. And he's going to be coming to us in just a second from New Jersey area. And I want to tell you a little bit about his background because we have, we're kind of kindred spirits. Uh, John Sambolino is the author of this book I told you about, is God in That Bottle. And he received his JD, his, you know, his law degree and Master of Laws in Taxation from the University of Florida. And since early childhood, he's had this sense, and he'll tell us more about it, that the world isn't always as, as real as it may seem, and there must be some unknown hidden truths underlying. And he has been a truth seeker for many, many years, and he's dedicated his life to uncovering that hidden reality that he was looking for. So in addition to reading over 300 books on spirituality, religion, and martial arts, he meditates two to three hours a day every day. Now, I do 20 minutes a day, so I'm just in awe, and he must be flying with transcending for doing all that. <laughs> but he's been doing that for over 40 years, and he also did transcendental meditation. He also has practiced yoga and tai chi for over 40 years, and I think it's Qigong, uh, over 20 years. And he is a venture capitalist involved in real estate, solar energy, and 3D technology. So he's using all sorts of parts of his brain. He has um, executive produced three movies, including The Four-Faced Liar, which won the 2010 HBO Audience Award for Best First Feature Film. And he's an avid stand-up paddleboard. 
and surfer, and he lives with his wife, uh, Nikki, in southern New Jersey. So we're excited to have him join us. You can find out more about him and our website at conflicthealing.com, but also is um, on his website is gotinthatbottlecap.com. John, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hi, Maury. Thanks for having me. Well, I was saying that we're kindred spirits, you know, both going to law school, both seeking truth throughout their our lives, and having the same kind of meditation. So that's that's really fun. And so I wondered about how you decided to call your book "Is God in That Bottle Cap?" Why why did you name it that? Well, what happened was I used to live in South Carolina in Charleston. I used to swim at lunchtime at the YMCA. And one of the guys I used to swim with was this Christian minister, and you know, we'd talk you know, you know, in the locker room, and every day I'd see him, he'd say, oh, you've got to go to church, religion is so important. i said, well, you know, meditation is my religion. I don't really need to go to church, you know, it's what I do. And, and he'd go on and on and on. So one day we're walking out to our cars, he goes in again, oh, you've got to go to church, you've got to go to church. And lying on the ground next to my car was a bottle cap, and I go, hey, Dan, you see that bottle cap? I go, it's gone that bottle cap. And he looked at me waiting for a punchline, think I was giving him a joke. I said, no, seriously. I go, if God is everywhere, is he in that bottle cap, or is he everywhere except in that bottle cap? <laughs> and then I said, but then I said, how about the bullet that shot Kennedy? I said, was God in the bullet that shot Kennedy, or is God everywhere except for the bullet that shot Kennedy, except in that bottle cap? I said, if God is everywhere, he has to be the ultimate building block of the physical universe. And then we had a long conversation about the whole thing, about you know matter and consciousness, and that's where the name came from. <laughs> And God is in that bottle cap, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, there, there's a thing called the Nag Hammadi Gospels where, the, you know, the, the, back, uh, you know, in the early 200s or 300s, the, the Catholic Church wanted the, everybody to get rid of all these documents that went against any of their teachings. And in Egypt, they had a great seat of learning, and they buried them in a jar, and they, somebody found it in 1945. It's called the Nag Hammadi Gospels. And in there... One of the Gospels, I don't know who wrote this one, it said, you know, uh, turn over a rock and, and I'll be there. Split open a piece of wood and, and I'll be there. So, you know, if you, obviously if you turn over a rock, there's not going to be a little person there. But God is what the universe is made of. Right. It's, not, right. it's just a word. It's, God is a word which represents something. And, you know, that something is what everything is. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> it, it, whether you, and whether you call it Mother Nature or God or Allah or Buddha or... What or Jesus or whomever you call it, it's it's that that one power, right? That one power, yeah. that one presence, that's in everything, right? Yeah. The three letter word represents something, you know, and it represents, you know, and when Christ said, like, you know, for example, they said, well, I and my Father are one. Well, you know, right. it's because you know the, the, the Father is this consciousness, I'm this consciousness. Even though, I mean, there's this dual reality going on. Everything has a separate reality because obviously, you know, you say, well, I'm not the same as a tree or a, or a fish or a or a piece of wood, but underlying everything, what it's actually made up of at the subatomic level is the same nothingness, you know, energy, whatever you want to call it, and that's what everything is. Right, everything is energy. So if you think about, you know, Einstein, who said everything is energy, and you go like, okay, the molecules, everything is made up of molecules and atoms and, you know, subatomic things. So that's really what we are. So we are all just um, vibrating energies, Right yep. <laughs> at one at, at that level at, at that level. So you know at the physical level you got to you can't step in front of a, of a bus you know and right. that's stuck, but but the other level everything is the same. 
Exactly, exactly. Not everybody sees it that way, but but that is, I think, a wonderful way to see it, that we all are one, right? Right. We're like, that's, that's, you know. That's, yeah, that's it. That's to say seeing it. You know, this is not a seeing kind of thing. It's like you put your hand in hot water, and you don't have to, like, believe it's hot water. You know it's hot water. So when you actually have the experience, you, you, you have the intellectual understanding. When you have the experience, you go, oh, that's what it is, because you really can't put it into words. You can put... You can describe a tree, and everybody can understand you because they can see what a tree is, but you can't describe, it's hard to describe something that no one can see and no one's experienced, no one knows what it is. That's why you really can't put it into words. But um, you have, once you have the experience, there's no question that's what you really are. It's more of this consciousness kind of a thing. Right. It's almost like gravity. You can't touch it. Right? right, but you exactly. know it's there because if you you drop something on the floor, <laughs> gravity pushes it down on the floor. So yeah. it's just you know what is the result of it, right? Right. So, right. so exactly. yeah, it's the same kind of a thing. So let's talk about meditation because that's something okay. close to my heart, and okay. and I've been having you know wonderful time teaching mindfulness to attorneys, you know, because it's something especially during this coronavirus going on, you know, we're all learning that we really are all one, whether you're rich or poor or black or white or yellow or whatever you are, um, you're, we're all vulnerable to this little tiny thing that we can't even see. (laughs) That shows us that we're all one, right? Right. Yeah. So let's talk about meditation and kind of explain for my audience and, you know, for people who don't know what it is, will you explain it, please? Sure. First of all, I should should explain what it's not. Um, A lot of people think that meditation is contemplation. Contemplation is where you, uh, and and part part of the problem is the old Christian mystics would change the words. They called meditation, contemplation, contemplation, meditation. But contemplation is when you're trying to think about something. You might, you might close your eyes, open your eyes, but you're trying to think about something. You're trying to, get, to learn something, have some kind of awareness, understand something. That's contemplating. Meditation is, is not that. Meditation is, just, meditation is just a technique which allows you to settle your mind, settle your body. Thoughts get subtler and subtle, subtler and subtler, and they disappear and when everything's calmed down and everything is at the, the subtlest level, you experience something. You experience this transcendence, this universal conscious awareness, whatever. So meditation does not um, cause an experience. Meditation just allows you to experience what's always there. So even Christ talked about it. and He, he said, be still and know that I'm God. So when he was saying be still, he wasn't saying, you know, stop moving around. He was saying, still everything, just your mind, your body, everything's still. And in that stillness, you'll, you'll, you'll have this experience, and that's what he was talking about. Right, right. Yeah, and, and I think one of the words that you said that's so important for people, because when I tell people, hey, you know, I'll help you with meditation, you, you really, you know, I have some clients that are going through very, very difficult times, and I'm going, God, right. you know, like, you really need to meditate, you know, and they go, oh, no, 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 I can't, I can't focus, and when you were talking about, you you know, when you contemplate, you try to focus, right, exactly. but when you're meditating, you try not to focus, <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, you have a mantra, <clears throat> but people think, oh, well, too many thoughts come in my brain. Well, you know, I'm sure maybe you less, but for me, who does it every morning for, you know, God, 50 years or whatever, um, you know, 
I still have thoughts come in, but I just kind of like, okay, a thought came in, a stupid thought came in about like, what do I have to do today? And then I kind of like let it go and then come back either to my breath or come back to the mantra, the little word I'm saying. So I think that's the thing you try, you don't try so hard to clear your mind. You just, you just let it go. Right. That's ex- that's exactly that. And, and and the key word is try. There's no trying. When you try to do something, your mind is involved. Trying will have just the opposite effect. It's not going to happen. There's no trying. You just do it. So when you meditate, when you meditate, and you and your thoughts go to that subtlest level, and you go into that transcendence, which is that underlying consciousness. One of the byproducts of meditation is thoughts will pop up. So people think, oh, the goal of the meditation is to get rid of thoughts. No, you have no, there's no goal in meditation. <laughs> there's no goal at all. You just do it and whatever happens, happens. So you have thoughts, not a problem. The thoughts will go away, but it doesn't, make it, it doesn't make a difference if they go away or not. So what you do is you, 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 know, you get a technique that you know it's a technique, it fits your personality, something you want to do, and you just do the technique effortlessly, and whatever happens, happens. You don't care what happens. Whatever happens is what's supposed to be happening. Just let go and let it happen. Yeah, yeah. I know in the second half of your book, I mean, the first half of your book is pretty much about your journey and your six kids <laughs> and all of, you know, as you went through law school and kind of like your search for truth. The second half, you really focus in on on meditation and meaning and all that good stuff. Um, <clears throat> not that the first part isn't good because it is too. But let's, I think a neat thing to do since we're sitting on the campus and and I don't know how many people have tried meditation here on the campus or the people who are driving by or those who are listening to our podcast, let's kind of give them um, what we do to meditate. You know, like uh, for me, you know, I can say what I do and then you could say what you do just so people can know. Like every morning I get up earlier then I so I'm not rushed and I go to the bathroom and then I get my little I go in my same place and then I use this insight timer which has three bells that go off boing 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 like that and and that kind of sets me for that and then it's timed for 20 or 21 I usually do 21 minutes um and and I know you do a couple hours so but anyway, so that's what I do. I, I'm i up early enough that it's not going to interfere with my day. And then I just, for, for my husband, I think he just listens to his breath, you know, follows the breath. I have a little word that I say that I was given as a mantra. And I just come back to the word. Thoughts will come in. I let them go. They float on. They float back. Sometimes there's more thoughts. Sometimes there's less. Sometimes I go really deep and I feel fall asleep and sometimes I feel like wow I've transcended I'm flying and you know and it just is it's just a way for me to rest rest and make sure that I'm calm for my day then at the end the bell goes off and I stretch and I gently yawn and I just pet my dogs who are meditating with me and then I get up and I start my day so that's how I do it so let's share about how you do it. <laughs> well, I'm not on that much of a schedule, so um, I just get meditate whenever. So my, my day starts at, you know, your meditation day starts at 3.30 in the morning. Now, I don't meditate at 3.30 in the morning, but if I'm having difficulty once in a while sleeping, if, 
well, I'll, I'll wait till three thirty in the morning and then I'll meditate. A lot of times I won't meditate till like you know ten or eleven o'clock in the afternoon. But I just do, do it in my bedroom. And what you want to do before you do it is you want to, if you have family members, just say, look, I'm going to go meditate. For me, it's a couple hours. I'm meditating. You know, don't bother me if the house burns down. You know, come get me. Otherwise, just you know, take, don't, just don't come bother me. Right. But then I, I, I do some breathing exercises, part of a pranayama, which is just breathing exercise, and I do some different meditation techniques. And, and I don't use a timer. I have a clock across the room, so if I, when I think my time is up for whatever I'm doing, I can just open my eyes, if not close my eyes, and just, and just keep going. Then when I'm done, you, I, I lie down for at least three, four, five minutes to, to um, kind of like acclimate. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to jump up right away. If you jump up right away, you're, it can fry your system. Right. Meditation puts you in a very still state. You need a little bit of time to kind of like just kind of come back, and then you get up and do and, and do your day. So that's what I do. I do that in the morning, and then in the afternoon I just do maybe like a half hour to an hour before dinner, and then and then either before meditation or after meditation I do tai chi, qi gong, um, yoga, you know, just whatever. But I do it every single day. I mean, I remember the last time I missed because uh, something came up. It was just a really, really, really busy day, and I just I just had to miss, and that was over forty years ago. And I think you really feel it when you miss it. You know, you feel oh, yeah. it, it's so weird. I mean, um, I I do it every morning, and then sometimes I do it in the evening, or, or if, especially if I'm if I'm ill, I do it, and then I do some Reiki, which is like an energy right. healing on myself, mm-hmm. and I just breathe into whatever is if I've got a stomach ache or if I have a headache or whatever I have, you know, I just breathe into it, and I can use it any other time, but. But for me, it's like starts my day. It's like so important. But you're right. You have to close the door. You know, what's funny is my two dogs, they feel that energy. I, I think you have a dog too, don't you? Yeah, they have a dog. Yeah, they definitely feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so they come and sit on the couch next to me. And then my husband sits on the couch across the way. So it's like this family meeting <laughs> meditation, right. you know, which is yeah. really, really powerful because you can feel. I remember when I was in college and we would have these group meditations and we would watch Maharishi on these, you know, on the screen and he would tell us about how to transcend and all this stuff. And then you'd get into this and it was so powerful. There's, you know, 50 people in a room all meditating. It, you could almost levitate in their room. It has a cumulative effect. The more people that meditate as a group, it has a more powerful effect for sure. You know, they did a study at Harvard, gosh, I think it was in the 80s, where they took a bunch of people um, and and meditated in New York City. They had, I don't know how many hundreds of people or maybe even thousands of people meditating. And that day, the crime rate went down like 80%. Yep. No, yeah, it definitely has an effect for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah There's so. that connection. You know, we have, talk about that spiritual connection. Well, that, that underlying uni- unity of the entire universe, everything is that, and it's all connected. So when you, when you have that, you know, when you're in that state, it affects everybody around you. They can feel it. It's a tangible thing. Just like if you went into, some, into a room with some maniac crazy person, he might not be saying anything, but you could feel uneasy from his energy. You could feel this is like... What's going on? But you sat next to you in the room and said, so Buddha or Krishna or whatever, or, or, or Christ, they don't say a word, but you feel something. You, they, you yeah. just feel this stillness. 
Yes, yes. And, yeah. and it, you know, it's interesting for me, you know, when I walk into a room that I'm going to be the mediator and everybody's in a lawsuit or in conflict or they're going through a divorce. Right. I mean, I could walk in that room <clears throat> and I definitely meditate before I go and I definitely do some breathing and I visualization and seeing them in a positive way. I, I want to exert that calm energy when I walk into the room, because sometimes you feel like you could cut that room with a knife. There's so much, yep. you know, anger. So, it, you know, that leads me to the question of, is it like, how can, medit- how can meditation help us deal with our own conflicts and our own anxiety, especially with what's going on right now? Well, see, that, that's, the, you know, like, <clears throat> I tell people this. I said, you know, before I got married to my wife, we went out for eight years. Uh, we were back in college days, you know, and she would drive me crazy sometimes. It just absolutely drive me crazy. I want to kill her. And so I just, I just go to my room and I do my afternoon meditate, meditation. I'm not thinking about what was going on. I just let everything go, just do my technique. I come out, whatever I had when I went in there, it's gone. There's no feelings of negative. Whatever, whatever was bothering me, it just disappears. It is just no longer there. You don't try to make it disappear. It just disappears. I mean, one of the main benefits, there's a lot of benefits of meditation. I, bet, I don't meditate for any kind of health benefits. I meditate because I want to figure, I want to, I want to experience what Christ experienced, what Krishna experienced, Buddha, you know, I want, I want to not experience it, I want to just understand it and be what it, whatever it is. Yeah. But one of, the, well, one of the big benefits of meditation is stress release. It releases tremendous amounts of stress. Now, 75 to 90 percent of all doctor visits are for stress-related issues. Right, right. You know, and when you meditate, you know, your, your inflammation levels, kind of, everything comes, it can just cure a lot of stuff. It just makes you healthier. So it, it just, you know, and it's, but again, there's no trying involved. If something's bothering you, when you meditate, whatever's bothering you, typically just, it's just not there. It just goes away automatically That's because the stress comes out, these things come out. I have to tell you something really funny when my husband just recently, I mean, he wouldn't, he would meditate every once in a while, but not get up with me and meditate like he's doing like now, which is wonderful. So I said to him one day, I said, so what are you noticing differently about yourself? I noticed things, but I didn't want to say anything. So he said, well, I was on the freeway and somebody cut me off. And usually that would bother me the whole way to work, you know, and I'd be all pissed and aggravated and stuff he goes but since i've been meditating i noticed i went like oh he cut me off and he got mad but then he immediately bounced back and said who knows what's going on with him you know like i'm not gonna let that ruin my day you know and it was like he caught himself so quickly and he and that's something that he he didn't used to do when he drove he'd get you know, aggravated with the driver. So that was something tangible for him to see, which I thought was... Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's an automatic thing. You don't try. Like, I've, a friend of mine, I've got, I've got a lot of my friends, you know, into meditation. One of my friends learned several years ago, and his wife just said, you know, you're a much more pleasant person to be around. You know, he goes, <laughs> what? He goes, yeah. But, he, but his, his demeanor changed. And then I had some friends back in Gainesville when I, where I learned, you know, in, in the 20s, and I start doing some of this stuff, and I'm with my friends, and they go, what's going on with you? I go, what are you talking about? I said, well, you just seem to be different. I go, I don't know. I mean, I didn't think I was different, but they picked up on it, and they both learned to meditate. Yeah. People do pick up on this stuff. They pick up, you know, hey, this person's calm and relaxed and seems to be having a pretty good time here. 
Yeah. Well, when I do these meditation, uh, these mindfulness programs for attorneys, you know, so I'll do like a, a five-minute meditation in the middle of this program, a webinar. And then afterwards, I ask everybody, okay, what is what are you feeling right now, right in the, you know, in the, in the uh, chat box? <laughs> right. And people will say, serene, calm, better, you know, so it's, it's, you know, even if you do it for five minutes, or even if you go into meditation for just two minutes, start out that way, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the recommended dose is 20 minutes twice a day, that's what, that's what I think you should be doing, that, that at least, but, and, and, I, and I had a, a friend of mine who um, is a movie producer, actually, and she, she read my manuscript, and she goes, you know, this is great, but I have two kids, and I don't have the time to meditate, you know. It's just, I said, can you please address not having the time? So I put a little thing in my book about that. I said, I said, yeah, Katie, you don't have the time not to meditate. This right. is what happens. The, the, <clears throat> tendency of the, the tendency of the mind is, is to go to the, to the past or the future. We're, we're worried about something we did in the past or we right. have regrets or we're anxious about the future. Back, back, and that happens all the time, even when we're at our desk, so our work desk. So if you meditate, let's say, 20 minutes a day, and now when you're at your desk, you're 100% laser-focused. You're not thinking about that. You just focus 100% on exactly what you're doing. So if you meditate 20, 40 minutes a day, and now you're 50% more productive because you're more focused at work, you just gain three or four hours for the day. You know, so you're going you're gonna to pick up time you know, by, by meditating. And who meditates? Everybody and their brother meditates. Clint Eastwood, Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, Howard Stern, Bill Gates, Jerry Seinfeld, I used to say, well, they're not doing it for their health, but they do do it for their health because they're healthier, they're more relaxed, they're more productive, they're more creative. It's just a great, great thing to do and make it part of your life. Right. And, you know, there have been so many studies. And, you know, when I'm doing these programs for attorneys, they want to know the facts, right? So oh, yeah, there, yeah. And, and there are studies, you know, like even from the University of Wisconsin, which is my, my alma mater, found that your sex life is better <laughs> when you meditate. You know, that the attorney's ears perked up when I said that. But, but also it, it reduces, you know, your heartbeat slows down. So it, it, gives you, you know, longevity, and it, you know, saves you from heart attacks as well. That was well, a Harvard yeah. study. And so there's so many studies about it reduces depression. I mean, yeah, there's so many. I mean, I do it like you. You know, when I was in college, I wasn't doing it for my health. I did it. First of all, I thought it would be cool because the, the Beatles were doing it. And I thought, well, I'll do that instead of drugs, you know. <laughs> and um, so then when I, when I started to do it, I go, you know, this really feels good. I feel like I'm going to do better on my exams. I'm going to do better when I take the bar exam, you know. So it's something that you do it. Because it makes you feel better, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's it's just better for all situations. You know, interpersonal relationships. You, you know, you're you're more focused. But you know, what I tell people is, if none of this stuff really excites you, oh, I don't care about that. Well, you can add one more to that, and that's living a lot longer. There's Harvard and University of California studies where you live longer if you meditate. Your body changes and it, it ages slower. It slows down the aging process. And this is not like hocus-pocus. I mean, these are, these are really, you know, these are peer-reviewed studies about this kind of stuff. I mean, it's really, really, really good for you. Yeah, I mean, they take brain scans. I remember there was a, something on with Deepak Chopra. Um, yeah, yeah. And did you see that one? I think it was on Ancient Aliens or something where they put notes on his, on his yeah. head 
and they measured what was going on and what the uh, creativity of his brain and what was going on in his brain when he meditated. And it was amazing. First of all, everything slowed down and then everything started lighting up, you know, in his creative part of his brain. So, you know, so these are things that you were talking about, Katie, who said, well, I don't have time. I have two kids. Well, I had two kids. I would just get up before they got up. I just set the alarm And then, of course, I'd fall asleep when I read to them at night. Now, I was a single mom, and I had two little kids, and I would just get up earlier and meditate because otherwise I thought I would kill my kids. Yeah, exactly. You know, and talking about, you know, helping with different things. I mean, I I live seven miles from Philadelphia in South Jersey. So there was an article several years ago about one of these Phillies uh, baseball players who was a really good, you know, baseball player, and he was in their minor team, and he was a pitcher. But he was doing lousy, you know. He was just not pitching, pitching well. And um, they got him. He learned to meditate. And, and it didn't take him but a, but a month, and he was in the pros and the major leagues. Because what happens is when he got up onto that mound, he was nervous. He was thinking about what's my pitch going to happen. What's going to think, 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 think. But once he started meditating, he wasn't thinking about anything. He was calm and relaxed and just threw the ball like a thousand times better, and now he's a, now he's a, now, you know, now he's, you know, a professional baseball player. But think about it. You're driving your car, and you get pulled over by the cops. Do you want a cop that's stressed out and out of his mind, or do you want somebody that's calm, cool, and relaxed? He's not, he's not, he's not sleepy, he's alert, but he's got restful alertness. Or if, you're, if you break your leg, you have to go to the, to the doctor. You want a doctor to operate you that's just stressed out of his mind? Yeah. No, you want somebody that's calm, cool, relaxed. Rest, they call it restful alertness. You're totally rested, but at the same time, you're totally alert. Well, and that's, that's a perfect. Believe it or not, we are out of time. We could have gone oh, on forever. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. And just give your website, and it's time to go. Okay, thanks. Yeah, so my website is the name of my book. Uh, it's godnapbottlecap.com. And, uh, and Mari, I want to thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Okay, take care and be okay, well. Bye-bye. bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You, you've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.